Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Paranormal PD. I'm Matthew. I'm Dallas. And we have an amazing episode, as always. As always, guys. Come on. Come on. What? I just said, come on. You already know. Okay. Okay. We'll get into the episode in a minute, because we've got a lot of little announcements to do. We do have a little bit of some tidbits to go over. We've got some news, maybe. What do you want to go over first? We're not talking about this week in Paranormal News. We're talking about other news about us. Okay. So, first... We gotta, you know, you gotta follow our social medias, promote it, help Come us on. out, give us some reviews. Yeah, well, tell them what, what they us. can find us on. You can find us on Instagram. Instagram, we're gonna be <coughs> paranormal underscore PD. Twitter, the paranormal PD. TikTok, the follow underscore TikTok. paranormal PD. Follow our TikTok, please. Um, you can email us if you want to email us stories or anything like that. Yes, I've had people ask me about this. You can send it to the paranormal police department at gmail.com mm-hmm. or through Instagram. Or through Twitter, but preferably Instagram or the email. Yeah. Either one of those, if you have a story works, will it'll get to one of us. It will. Yeah. Um, I have something else that I can bring up. Yeah, Dallas has an announcement. We have an announcement, guys. Okay. So, you guys already know. Quantum Soap Co., we've been giving out their soaps as some of the giveaways for the stories. We We're going to continue giveaway. to do that. Well, we've been in touch with the good fellows over there. Quantum Soap Co. Yep. And they are partnering with us to provide us with a creator discount code. We're create we're content creators. We're content now. creators. We we're That's basically we influencers. So if you go on to Quantum Soap Co. and I know a lot of you guys do like the soaps, you've told me. If you add some soaps to your cart and you go to the little discount code section, you can type in paranormal PD10 and receive 10% off your purchase. Not That's bad. Good. Not shabby. Especially if you're five dollar soaps. Yeah. Not a massive discount, but it's ten percent still. So. It's it's the taxes, really. And on top of that, they're good soaps. They're handmade, cold wash, you know. Yep. And they smell very good, as you guys already know. They do. So that's exciting. Thank you to it the is. guys over there. If you're listening to this, uh, we appreciate you guys. We do. But let's get down to business. The brass tacks of things. This week in the paranormal. There's a lot going on. There's arguably quite a bit. more than the time we did the whole episode for this week in the paranormal. This, well, it kind of coincides is, with it. I think the biggest alien news ever. <laughs> if it's real, by the way. If it's real. So, some of you may have seen, because it's pretty popular on the social media right now. In Peru, there is a village that is under attack by aliens. Yes, I have seen that on the socials. It's weird. It's really weird, guys. There I don't know. is loads and loads and loads of sightings. Of these seven feet tall aliens, um, they're like gray, so the tall, skinny ones with the big heads, elongated yeah. fingers and stuff. Creepy. Seven feet tall that are going around and attacking people by ripping off their face. Yes, and there is actually some video there's footage of this. Videos, there's pictures. There's been one picture so far that has been analyzed by a few um, specialists, and they they can't say it's fake yet. That doesn't mean it's not, but no, they're basically say, they're uh, saying it, that they can't tell. Like it appears to be I real. I think they only have, only like a few people have looked at it yet so far. So it's not like um you know super confirmed. No. But for uh, this early on for it happening like in the last few days and they're already doing all this. Oh yeah. It's pretty crazy. The Peru has sent the military into the village to help evacuate and provide security now. Yeah. There's all these pictures of people with their faces ripped off getting rushed to emergency hospitals. There's a ton of them, guys. Um, if you just type in Peru alien, I'm not even joking. It pops up and it everyone's saying it's real. I yeah. mean, 
I don't know if maybe this is kind of being covered up or hidden. Just, you know, you guys heard the last episode, so you guys know kind of what's going on in terms of like where the government might, yeah. might be at with the, all this. They might not even be involved, really, but who knows? Who knows? It's very weird. Um, definitely something worth mentioning in This Week in the Paranormal. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, on to the episode. Dallas's favorite episode, arguably. I do really like this episode. Do you wanna in- why don't you go ahead and I really appreciate it. that, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. This is something that we've been holding off on. I would say this is probably one of our bigger episodes to date. Also, probably one of our darkest episodes to date. Ooh. Would you say? I would say so. There's a lot of death revolving around this. There's a lot of very creepy um situations involved with this. Yeah. We are going to be covering the original story that inspired The Exorcist, and that is The Possession of Roland Doe. Yeah. We're also going to be talking about the movie and the curses that followed the movie, and there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot of weird stuff that lucky. happened. You're getting a little two-for-one today. Yeah. It's kind of a two-for-one. It's going to be a really good episode. I'll why, start us. Why don't you start why, us why off? Why don't we bring us in? What, where are you going to start us with? I'm going to start us. In the late 1940s. Okay. Okay? Picture it. Post-World War II. Okay. People are coming back. They're excited to see their families. Sure. Who wouldn't be? And a young 13-year-old boy known as Roland Doe, which is an alias, by the way. Nobody knows his real name. He's never came forward, but he's known as Roland Doe. He's mourning the death of his aunt. It's a sad time for him. The world is happy, but he is not. You know? Okay. He's, You're really setting the story for like a tragedy, you know? Oh, it is. Oh. It's a tragic story. Is it? And little Roland remembered one thing about his aunt, how she taught him about spiritualism, uh, including the use how, how to use a Ouija board. Oh, no, 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 no. Now, Roland's family notes that strange things started happening in their house shortly after the death of their beloved aunt. Okay. In January 1949, the family started hearing a strange dripping noise and scratching sounds at the house. At first, Roland's mother believed the noises were connected to the dead aunt. So she's quite perceptive. She's she kind okay. of she's clocking on fast. Does it I don't want to get ahead of the story, yeah. but why? Why does she think that that's connected? Because she's like, she's spirit. Like I said earlier, she's like a big spiritualist person. She taught okay. people how to use the Ouija board. Like, I'll be honest, if, if someone in my family was like into that stuff and they died and started weird things happening, that would probably be like on the top of my mind. Like, hey, yeah, maybe this could be related. I'm not sure yet. Okay. I see where you're coming from. Thank you. So. Like any normal family would. Obviously. They try to reach out to the spirits no. that they believe to be no. in the house. <laughs> oh, guys. Okay, guys. Please don't do that. <laughs> and if you do, do it. Record it and send it to us. <laughs> they hoped that they could reason with them and they wanted to ask them to be left alone. Okay, that's fair. However, just as anyone would expect, this made things a lot worse. <laughs> So, they were talking to a demon is what you're telling me, not the ant. Maybe. Oh, great. Uh, little Roland claimed he could hear some people walking in his room at night when he was trying to sleep. There were scratch marks found on his mattress in the morning. Okay. And eventually, scratch marks began to appear on his body. 
Now hear me out. Hear me out for a second. I'm hearing you out. Move out. Leave. Don't live there no more. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. I like where this is going then. I really like this. Yeah. Not knowing what else the family can do, they call a local minister. Um, they observe the boy overnight at the church. So they remove him from the house. Like, maybe it's him. He's got scratches. Yeah. Let's take him out. Let's put him in holy place and we'll watch him. Good idea. Um, the minister suggested reaching out to some other people from the church. And they actually, the family ended up converting to Catholicism uh, and tried to have Roland baptized. Okay. So th- they're at least thinking like, it could be a demon, which I can appreciate. I mean, I'll give it to them. From the first encounter, they thought this could be something spiritual. So the thing that does worry me, though, is they're kind of doing everything right. And there's definitely a movie made about this, so <laughs> maybe the right thing doesn't always work. <laughs> so as they attempted to <laughs> baptize Roland, <laughs> he responded to all the attempts with an immense rage, like unbridled rage, just oh going crazy. And they actually decided instead to admit him to the hospital. Okay. Where a psychiatrist attempted to treat him for a possible mental disorder, maybe, or like schizophrenia or something. Okay. Very good. Very good. But that was all unsuccessful as well. Oh, no. <laughs> very bad. Very bad. So the next step, as you previously stated... The uh, the family go, maybe we need to move. Okay. We're, I'm liking the stop process here. We tried the church. <laughs> They're checking their boxes. Let's leave. I like leaving. That's good. So, um, yeah, they move houses. They think the spirits will leave them alone. But the strange events continued. <laughs> it didn't stop. This is very unfortunate so far. So the family are like, well, what do we do? What do we do? Here? What do they do? What do you think they do? Based on the title of the movie, <laughs> they call a priest for an exorcism. I'm thinking it's time for a little adoption. You know what I'm saying? That honestly is probably after the exorcism. If it okay. doesn't work, maybe yeah. you go to that step. Maybe he needs a new home. So they called upon Father Raymond J. Bishop. Okay. Okay. He's one of the priests that was called in for the exorcism, and he later wrote about this incident. Okay. Another priest who came to assist the family was Father William S. Bowden. Bowden. Bowden? Bowdern. At one point, Bowden attempted to protect Roland through blessings and putting a crucifix under the boy's pillow. Um, after they, they left to let him rest, the family returned and they found all the furniture flipped upside down and the crucifix on the end of the bed. That's, yeah. And the mattress was violently shaking. Oh, my God. So, I mean, what's the next step here? Well, there's really only one thing you can do. Adoption? Right? Adoption. Because <laughs> obviously this isn't working. We're, we're getting some holy men involved. They're the ones that specialize in this, right? So, you call a plumber, right, when your house is having plumbing issues. Yeah. If they can't fix it, who's going to fix it? Not you. No. Not you. So if, you know what I'm saying? You get where I'm going with this? I get where you're going. I say, leave the problem. How old is this kid again? 14. 13. Oh. Emancipate the kid. He's yeah. got this. He's got this. He's got the Send demon to, to the help streets. him. Yep. 
How do we feel about that? I mean, it's tough love. It is. It's a little bit, yeah. You know, what's best for you? <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Can yeah. we talk about me for a second? <laughs> this might be your kid, but what's best for you? <laughs> you didn't choose this. No, the kid decided to use the Ouija board. Yes. So. Priests perform multiple exorcisms on young Roland Doe. One was performed at Georgetown University Hospital. Okay. Um, another took place at the Alexian Brothers Hospital in Saint, South St. Louis, Missouri. While the exorcisms were performed, young Roland vomited, urinated, spit, and spoke in Latin. And spoke in Latin? Yeah. Did he know Latin? No. Okay. Now- I've always been skeptical of exorcisms yeah. because I feel like they're very over, I don't know, I'm, I don't really know the word I'm looking for, but like, they're very like, it seems like they're hyped up essentially. And they're like, I think they're made a bigger deal than what they are. And I think it's yeah. partially because of all the movies. It definitely but is. Yeah. If like, cause to me, I'm not very religious. Right. And I'm like, okay, like. But is this podcast making you more religious? I think it is. A little bit more. A little bit. Because I got to check the box to protect myself. You got to make sure. Um, But when you see like, okay, this kid is now speaking Latin, which he never. Well, 13 year old boy knows Latin. Yeah. Even in 1949. Yeah. That seems probably not very common. Unless you're living in the Vatican or around the Vatican, you're probably not learning Latin. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how does he just start vomiting out of nowhere? Well, that one, I think that's a little bit more explainable. I think the vomit, okay, fine, maybe he's sick, but the Latin part's kind of what hangs me up on all of this. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think there has to, uh, that, it's questionable. But then again, you know, you see people that wake up from comas and all of a sudden they're speaking a different language. Yeah. There, so, there's some weird stuff with that for sure. Like some weird medical stuff. I'm sure there's like a medical term know, for it. I don't know, it does find, it does, it does interest me. Um, also, during this, Roland took on a deep adult sounding voice. <laughs> okay. That was unfamiliar. Another thing. Weird. Yeah. Um, weird, but possible to explain. Yeah. The final exorcism was conducted with the help of priest Walter Halloran and William Van Roo. At some point during this exorcism ritual, Halloran's nose was broken. Which is also interesting. I don't think it's like a a boxing match in the air. You wouldn't think so, but maybe. But in the end, the priest claimed it was successful. And they exorcised the demons from young Roland's body. And believe it or not, the boy went on to live a normal life. Okay. So, later on, it was discovered that he did, in fact, play with the Ouija board. Okay. And he So, tri- that's confirmed. That, and he tried to recontact his aunt, basically. And he did that before everything started. He was distraught. He was like, I really miss my aunt. He remembered that she said, you can contact the dead. And he tried to reach out to her through the Ouija board. Okay. So... That is the true story of The Exorcist. Now, okay. like we said at the start, Rolando has never come forward. No. We no. only have his uh, alias. All of the recounts of these events are from the priests. 
Yes. Um, it's them telling the story. So take that in mind. It probably has some religious skew on the story. A little bit of bias to it. A of little course, bit of yeah. bias. But when you have this many priests, this many exorcisms, it, it adds it. Multiple witnesses. Yeah, and especially when you take like the fact that the doctors kind of couldn't figure out what was going on either. Yeah, the psychiatrist, they said nothing was wrong with him mentally. So what do you think? Good enough to make a movie about? Oh, yeah. I, I think, think so. it's good enough to make the highest grossing movie, horror movie of all time about. And it's a great, I mean, it's a great story if it's all real, if it's all mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. A lot of the story is kind of shrouded in mystery for the reasons that you said, which is, the only people that have any actual like accounts of it were priests. Yeah. So of course they're going to have their own idea of what happened. Yep. And I am a little bit more religious. I'm not Catholic. Um, but I do think that there is maybe some stuff going on with, you know, demonic possession. I think that the reason we probably don't see it as much now is maybe because of, you know, advancements in modern medicine and psychiatry. I, there was something that was like, most like act like demonic possessions essentially turn out to be mental disorders, but it's like yeah. 99% of them. It's like, there's always that 1% that can't be explained. Now hear me out with a little theory that I have, right? Okay. From a religious standpoint, the devil is extremely smart, extremely sly and knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Obviously the devil's going to know as psychiatry and medicine advance yeah. that his old ways and his old tricks aren't going to work the same way that they used to because they're going to be diagnosed as something else and handled, you know, differently, differently. Oh. So maybe when You're, we're talking I, about possessions, we don't know. Yeah. And, and maybe that stuff still does happen, but not in that way. Yeah. Maybe not as crazy yeah. like that, but maybe that's kind of like what causes a lot of these, I don't know, people that do these terrible, horrible things to do them. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? One, let's go to Eric for a second here, because I know he knows a, he knows some stuff about this, just in general, from the movie and all that. How do you feel about hearing the story? Uh, well, I mean, again, you know, just like Matt, I'm, I'm not very religious, so it is hard for me to buy into. But there is something to be said about the accounts, you know? I mean, if other people saw some crazy stuff happening, then, I mean, sure. like, I mean, you can't... Let's say this person was crazy. Are all, does that mean all the priests are crazy then? Because, I mean, obviously they encountered something. They had to deal with it. Um, and it sucks that we can't get a personal account. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, but to be fair, though, the person probably, I mean, after going through an experience like that, I wouldn't want to talk about it either. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. even from the family, like, if it was like, <laughs> if it's your kid, yeah. do you want to go telling the world, hey, my kid was possessed by a demon? Like, I don't want my friends to know that and my other family members. Like, yeah, no. No, nah, I'm good. Es especially the fact that this is something that ends up becoming a movie, like a major motion picture. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe in a different parallel you know universe sucks? movie doesn't come out. Maybe he does come out you know what about sucks? what happened. He never got paid royalties for that movie. No, because they don't even know who he is. I feel like he would have come forward then if he was about the money, which makes me believe it even more. Yeah, 100%. Because so, I'm sure he'd be do some good money from that. Talking about the movie. Yes. If you don't know, during the production of the movie, some things happened that Dallas is going to tell us about. Yes. So let's give a little background on the movie, okay? It was directed by a director by the name of William Friedkin and released on December 26th, which is Boxing Day, of 1973. 
that alone caused a pretty big stir in the media because of just the religious connotations between the movie and obviously Christmas time. This was, if I'm not mistaken, one of the first major productions of like a demonic movie. That's correct. Yes, it was. And it was definitely the best portrayed one. Yeah. And I mean, as we'll go on to find out, the movie was disturbing, dude. The the movie was very disturbing. I've seen it. And even for being 50 years old now, coming up on, yeah, 50 years old. It's still, like, weird. It is still one of the scariest movies that you can watch. They did a ridiculously good job with the movie. Yeah. And we'll kind of find out why. So, it was based off of... real. Yeah, basically. It was based off of a book written by William Peter Blatty that was based off of the original story. Okay. He wrote the screenplay based off the book. And the inspiration for the book came from the real-life events that Matt just talked about. And he had heard these real-life events in 1950 while attending Georgetown University. Which is where they performed one of the exorcisms. Exactly. And there's a series of very suspicious events that surround the movie, causing a lot of people to believe that it's actually cursed. Now, I do want to preface this with some of the events can be attributed to how the director, Friedkin treated the cast in order to get genuine reactions for the film. Um, he went as far as slapping one of the actors, <laughs> ignoring actual safety concerns for some of the stunts, which Osha we'll find out. Best. Oh, OSHA would not have been good with this. This would have been shut down. <laughs> I'm telling you. But we'll find out about some of the injuries to some of the actors. And he even fired a gun near one of the actors' ears to get a reaction from them. Was it a blank? It was a real gun, and it was not a blank. And I would have been pissed. Almost all of these reactions that were caught from these, I would say, like inflammatory responses from Friedkin, yeah. were the original takes in the movie. That he used those in the movie because I think you have to. You I don't think have you can shoot a gun next to someone's head twice. You also two forty. Well, you you kind of batterate somebody by slapping them. You know. Yeah. Slapped them around a bit. So, let's start with one of the things. One of the very first things that caused. You know, even the set to be a little like, uh, like the people on the set to be a little worried about what's going on. They were on edge. One of the first incidents began when a pigeon flew into an electrical box, causing the set to catch fire and burn <laughs> all but one room to the ground. Was it the bedroom? The room that was left standing was that of the room of Reagan McNeil, the girl in the movie who was possessed, and where almost all of the very disturbing possession scenes took place. They filmed almost all of them. And on top of that, during the time when this room caught fire, they were getting ready to film another possession scene. Not in, not in the movie, but <sighs> or not in that room, but they were about to film another possession. That's that's a weird one. It is weird, right? So <laughs> it's not weird if you just hear it by itself, but when you hear everything else, yes. you're like, hmm. Friedkin was quoted as saying, that's the only real thing that happened during the entire film that I actually thought was some kind of bad karma. Okay. Um, The fire caused a six-week delay in the recording of the movie and was suspicious enough for Friedkin to bring in a real Catholic priest to bless the set. Oh, good for them. They're trying. Do we feel like that's the right thing to do? I think so. I I I think they should have had one on standby anyway. Yeah. They probably should have. And they, they did have other priests there to kind of like help monitor, not monitor, but like direct the direction of the movie in terms of like how authenticity. Yeah. How they're portrayed. I get that. 
Unfortunately, that was not all the film had in store as several actors either died or were seriously injured or lost family members during or shortly after the filming of the movie. Okay. We're going to start with our Mr. Jack Mc, McGowan. I don't know how you say that. We'll call him Jack. Classic. He was born October 13th, 1918 and played a character by the name of Burke Dennings. Okay. Burke Dennings in the movie was like a director and was kind of filming some of the going-ons with the girl, okay? And it just so happens that Burke Dennings was the first victim of the possessed girl in the film, Reagan. He passed away of influenza just before the release of the film on January 30th of 1973. Like the full-blown, yeah. You know what I'm saying here? It's not, that alone is not super paranormal. It's the fact that he died from influenza, no. 1918, 1973, like... I agree. I agree. Back then, 60-ish, lifted both World War, uh, World War II, at least. Like True. There's, But you know it was in the headlines because of yeah. the content of the movie to begin with. Oh, no, I think that definitely... Like I said, none. in my opinion, so far, the incidents are not... Individually, they're not that crazy. No. It's when you start looking at the big picture. Yeah. When you're a big picture kind of guy. And we're real big picture kind of guys. We're real big guys. picture kind of guys. So was Friedkin. We, you start to add things up like, hey, okay, maybe. Yeah, exactly. got to watch what's going on here. And I like what you're saying. I don't think dying of influenza at that age is, you know, crazy. But mm-hmm. like I said, it happened right before the movie came out. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the year before the movie came out. It was weird. And it was something that the media noted. Okay. We're going to move on to our next person and we've got to be respectful here because obviously these people passed away mm-hmm. Vasiliki Malarios was born October 16th 1883 so we're talking about definitely someone a little bit on the older side here so they're like 90 at the time of the movie released close damn Vasiliki played the mother of Father Karas who was and haunted him in the film and his or her voice was replicated by Reagan during the exorcism Ooh. okay so there's a there's a scene in the film, if you guys have seen it, where the main priest, Father Karras, um, is kind of being haunted by these nightmares, and it's of his of his mom and mm-hmm. his uncle. His uncle, not as much, but his mom. And Reagan, at some point, actually uses her voice, which is weird, yeah, but obviously it's in the movie. And she passes away of natural causes before the film was released on February 9th of 1973. Okay. Once again. Not outrageous to believe. No. Not crazy to believe, but still weird. And just, definitely still made the headlines. building blocks. It is. You know? So, so far we have three incidents. Three, three incidents. really weird Two incidents. Yeah. We're going to go on to Jason Miller. Okay. Jason Miller played Father Karras in the movie. And during the production, his son was involved in a near-fatal motorcycle accident on a beach where... His son described this vehicle as coming out of nowhere, just appearing, which, okay, maybe he was drunk. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But still, this um, caused a big shock to him. Obviously, Father Karras is playing the priest priest in the movie. And then this very unfortunate event, Mm -hmm. luckily his son made it. Uh, You'll see in some articles that the son died. The son did not die. Okay. Mm -hmm. He did live, but it was near fatal. He almost did die. And 
I just think it's weird and it's worth noting because this caused him a good amount of distress during the filming. Yeah, okay. Barton Heyman played Dr. Klein and in the film, his job was basically to determine whether there was something basically medically wrong or possibly something psychologically wrong with Reagan. Okay. It was kind of his job to figure out whether this was going to be a possession or not. And back during the days when they were actually doing exorcisms more regularly, they might still do them now. We just don't know. We just don't know. It's very secretive. It was secretive back then. But you still had to be able to prove that it wasn't psychologically wrong before the church would really get involved. Okay. He passed away um, some years after the film's release. Now, this one's a bit of a stretch. Okay. okay. But this is one that they do attribute to the curse. Okay. But he passed away on May 15th of 1996 due to heart failure. That's a stretch. Yeah. I think that's a stretch. He was only 59 years old, though. And that's modern medicine. That's modern medicine, heart failure. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's not as a stretch as I initially thought it was. Yeah, I think the reason why they add this one, even though it is some years later, is because of basically how he died. Which, yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about this in the curse painting thing where yeah. people were passing away. I feel like these are more relevant than some of the ones in that, and we thought that those were weird. Yeah, no, like I said, I don't think anything... In any individual case of these, like, incidents is outrageously, like, paranormal, except maybe the fire. Yeah, um, that, that one's weird. But it adds to it. It does. And, and it adds to the lore and the mystique behind the movie. It does. Okay. We're going to go to Linda Blair. Linda Blair was the girl who played Reagan McNeil, the possessed girl in the movie. Okay. Star of the movie. Some of the possession scenes involving Reagan appear to be so realistic, and that was partly because she was in actual pain. Did she actually, her head twist on her head? No, her that, was, that was animatronics. But that would have been crazy, though. That would be impressive. I don't think she would have made it through that, though. She deserves an Oscar for that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> during, some of the, during one of the scenes, she was, like, strapped to a bed. Yeah. That was supposed to, like, shake violently. Yeah. And one of the riggings came loose, causing it to shake even more violently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and basically caused multiple fractures to her lower back. Yeah, I remember reading about that. Obviously, little girl, I believe she was 13 at the time, you stop filming, take her to the doctors and figure out what's going on. Nope. Nope. You definitely don't. You actually use the scene in which she fractured her back as one of the scenes in the movie. Christopher and then, Nolan would be proud. Oh, no yeah. CGI here. Or Stanley Kubrick. Yep. Yeah, basically. And yeah, um, she she really never recovered from that. I mean, she had a pretty decent acting career after that. Nothing as big as this. She yeah. definitely blew up because of this movie. Um, she had some other like small injuries along the way, but basically she developed like scoliosis because of this injury. I See, I don't want to say if that's a factor of the curse or just bad director, bad stunt coordinator, whatever hey, you want to call it. Like I said, a lot of these can maybe be attributed to the director. <laughs> I didn't. I stated no, that from the beginning. died when they got slapped. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. Okay. <laughs> but that'd be crazy though. No. So we're going to go to Ellen Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn played Reagan's mother in the, in the movie and was also the victim of an onset injury. There's oh, a scene. Shot. 
<laughs> no, she didn't. <laughs> I I didn't actually bring those ones up because they didn't actually get injured from those from the yeah. slap or the shoot. But I will tell you that they did happen. Okay. Um, there's a scene where Reagan basically backhands her mother and like makes her fly across the yeah. room. Well, Ellen was also set up to some rigging, and the wire just pulled her straight to the ground extremely hard. And caused permanent injuries to her. Oh, no. Unspecified permanent injuries. God. Yeah. Obviously, they probably wouldn't use that scene, right? Because it just, you wouldn't want to use like your actual actors getting hurt or anything. You've got to be careful about that. No, use it. <laughs> he did. He definitely used it. You already knew. <laughs> How are you feeling so far? They must have had a terrible stunt coordinator. Yeah. Because one mistake. Normally gets you fired. Yeah. Two mistakes. What if? What? But the thing is, is the director Friedkin did not see these as mistakes because he loved the reaction that he got out of the actors from these scenes. I don't. Okay. If you're a stunt coordinator, right? And my cousin's husband is a stunt coordinator. He's a stunt man. Yeah. You don't make mistakes. Like, you can't. The amount you of can times, die or get permanently the amount, injured. The amount of times he'll tell me that you triple quadruple check the equipment he'll use it before anyone else uses it before the actor does if it's like a rigging granted that's now and not back then sure but still if your responsibility is to make sure that she is strapped to the bed when it shakes or she is pulled to a wall and it doesn't do it that's the first time should be an indication that you should probably either have someone else check your work or you should spend more time checking your work. What if they're doing the it on second, purpose? The second time it happens, it must be a demon. It must be a demon. <laughs> There's no other explanation. <laughs> Has to be a demon. It's got to be a demon. I like that. At least that's what I would do. I'd blame a demon. It's not me, boss. It's the demon. I want to say that that's kind of the direction Friedkin's taking on this to take some heat off himself. It wasn't me. It wasn't, you know, terrible <laughs> set coordination. Was safe. It was very safe. It was the demon. Obviously. Obviously. So let's go to Lee J. Cobb. Okay. Lee was Lieutenant William Kinderman. He was a police officer who was trying to solve the untimely death of Burke Dennings in the film. Burke Dennings was thrown through a window, by the way. I don't know. This is another weird one. Lee passed away shortly after the film was released of a heart attack on February 11th, 1976. What's so weird about that? I just feel like February, February, January for the deaths. Like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Similar times. Yeah. And this one was only three years after. So I could see why, like, you could maybe attribute that. How old was he? Do we know? I don't, but based off the picture that I see, he looks like he was probably like 60 or 70. See, that takes some credibility away. Yeah, that's why I said it. I didn't want to hide that from you. Thank you. Thank you for being open and honest. Of course. But still, he died. He was in the movie. Crazy. Uh Uh-huh. All right. This next one is less about how creepy what happened. Okay. And more about, wow. Mercedes Cambridge was a voice actor. Okay. She was the voice of Pazuzu, which was the demon basically that possesses Reagan. Reagan. Yes. Yeah. In order to do this film, she pretty much tortured herself. Okay. She gave up her soberism from alcohol, began chain smoking cigarettes to achieve the haunting voice of the demon and gargling eggs. Now, initially she was not mentioned in the film. Oh, hell as no. being the voice. And she actually went to Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers were, was the studio Production, that produced the studio, it. Yeah. And 
sued, which she her. won, and she ended up win- winning, what is it, an Academy Award or an Oscar? Oh, sure. One of the two. A very prestigious award. It was her second very famous voice actor. I just want to put out there that she basically tortured herself. Let's go into a couple facts about this movie. Okay. Okay. One thing that kind of surprised me that I found through the research is that the Catholic Church was actually pretty supportive of this movie. Reason being, it it basically put Catholic priests as being heroes fighting against evil and caused a massive spike in applications for priesthood in the Catholic Church. It became like a cool job. Yeah, it became like, I don't know, Superman, but you could actually do it. That was before it came out that they were touching kids. Why do you always got to bring up something controversial, dude? Why is it always something with you? Dude, you're not wrong, but you don't got to say it on the pod, okay? We really don't have to say that on the pod, but you're not wrong. Like, Don't okay. justify it. Just leave it. You said it. It's fine. It's it's true, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, well, I watched... I, I watched um, The Pope's Exorcist recently. Oh, I haven't seen that. I heard it's really good, though. And honestly, dude, like when you see these, like the, the cool exorcist priests, it's pretty cool, dude. I'm yeah. like, like, they're bringing someone, out the A team. I like the paranormal. I'm like, that would be cool to do. Yeah. Kind of would be until it possesses you. Yeah, but, you know, I'm not going out there and signing up to be a priest. So, true. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up is as many as nine people connected to the film did pass away, which started the idea that the film may be part of a curse. Um, those nine people included also family members of cast, uh, cast members. I didn't bring them up because they weren't directly in the film, but that information is out there. Interesting. The last thing I want to bring up is after the release of the film, this thing caused hysteria. Like, do you remember when Paranormal Activity came out? How everyone was saying, it's like, oh my gosh, the scariest movie ever. And then yeah. like, when you go home, like, you're still haunted by it. Yeah. Same thing with this. Um, I can uh, imagine that for the, like, oh yeah. For the how big of a production it was in the first real demonic possession oh, yeah. movie. I, I can imagine that. Yeah, that's not far-fetched, right? Um, people would go to the movies and vomit, become extremely nauseated, and pass out. There's a viewer that even broke their jaw from passing out. <laughs> that's okay. That's crazy. I've never gone to a movie and vomited or no. passed out or anything. Yeah. The most I've done is fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> done that a few times too. But yeah, no, this movie messed with people. Um, it became common practice for theaters showing the movie to provide complimentary barf bags to the viewers. And I'm saying barf bags with air quotes because that's what they called them, obviously. I want a scary movie to come out today that okay. they give me barf bags in the movie. Saw I want seven. That. Honestly, this I for like the the gore, the whatever it's called, what is it called? The is it like just gore movies like yeah, that? Yeah. They don't they don't do anything. I'm me not neither. I'm like whatever. Yeah, I agree. I want I want something that will make me I want exorcism too. Um, well, there is an exorcist too. And on top of that, they just approved a deal worth like $465 million to um, produce an exorcist trilogy that's coming out soon. And the, um, what do you call those things? Uh, preview. Yeah. Preview for the movie just came out. looks pretty creepy. I hope they offer a barf bag. I think it's called exorcist believer. 
or something like that. Yeah. So. Okay. Let's talk about this. Okay. I've read to you the things that are attributed to the curse of the film. Obviously, the, the film is very scary as it is. Where are we at? Is it real? Is the curse real? The film is real. Yep. I've seen it. Yep. Film's um, real. Got curse? <sighs> Honestly, I'm not sure. I think what makes it a curse, right? Yeah. Because it's 50 years old now, the movie. Right? Yeah, it's pretty old. How far back are we going to go? Like, you know. All the way. If a movie came out in the the 30s. Yeah. Everyone's dead now. Cursed. Is it cursed? I mean, were they in the movie? Everyone. Everyone associated to that movie is dead. And they were in the movie, though. Uh, yeah, I'm just... I like, Cursed. That's where I... I, can, I don't know. I get what you're saying. If it was like... like Exorcist Believer, whatever you said, the movie that's coming out, right? Comes out, let's say, 2025. Okay. And by 2030, four people are dead... The cat, the set burned down. If you told me the exact same circumstances, yeah, but modern, I, I just think I'm more inclined to believe it because medicine's better. It is. It's more, everything's more documented. It's well. I think the other thing too with the um, the original is that a lot of the cast members were older to begin with. Exactly. Which is probably a factor. Yeah. I think that just because everything was like so rapid with how it went down. Um, at least in, in terms of the, f- the first couple deaths. Yeah. And already the hysteria behind the movie, um, first big possession movie, um, based on a true story. And whenever you put based on a true story on a movie, Adds that a lot. shocks people. Yeah. I mean, right? but the, then again, I'll, I'll kind of go back and contradict myself a little bit is if let's just say the Conjuring movie, the recent Conjuring movie, right? Yeah. If suddenly you have three people die that are related to that movie that were in the movie and they're all dying in February and it's like recently it you you have to start asking questions it just seems weird it's it, it's, it's a weird, weird like it might connection. not be like there's a curse there's a curse there's a curse it's just weird yeah and i think that's what i i don't think the the, the exorcist is cursed i think there's a lot of weird things that happen to it and I don't think it helps that it was the first big demonic m- production of a movie. Yeah. I don't think that the producer being an asshole or the director being an asshole and shooting guns, slapping people, breaking people's backs yeah. is does any benefit for it. I think it just adds to it. And I think because of all of that, w- we start talking about maybe a curse. I have to say I'm on the exact same page as you. Thank I you. completely agree with what you're saying. I don't think it's a curse either. I do think that maybe some of these things the media blew up just based off of the fact yeah. that it was what it was. You could when say it came it's out. a series of unfortunate events. Yes, you could, and it just so happened to play into the marketing of the movie. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And people I think are going to up. the movies knowing they, that they played it up. Yeah, because those first two deaths are highly explainable. Yeah, right. Influenza and then natural causes old age. Yeah, that's very explainable. Even heart failure. Heart failure, yeah, that one is less believable to me because it's ninety six. But obviously, we're yeah, we're years after the film came out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Eric, do you have any any thoughts on this? You know, I feel like it was made like in a time where people just, especially for being you know one of the first movies to come out that are, that has that kind of like 
fear because, you know, I feel like a lot of people, you know, maybe if they don't have other fears, religion has always been one of those things that has a, like a pull on, on that, on that part of the human psyche, Yeah, you know? And I feel like if you were to put that out in this time, everybody in this generation, I mean, even ours, it's desensitized. You know, that's true. And yeah. And a lot of people don't think religion's like cool anymore. And they actually <laughs> think it's pretty cool to mock it. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying like, even just, yeah, I'm religious, but I'm just saying that's kind of where we're at right now as a society. Well, right. And think about the things that kept people going now. Like you guys had just mentioned, Saw 7 is going to be coming out. Imagine the amount of gore that is going to be in that, you know, just yeah. to get people going. I mean, but even for, I mean, even for back then though, cause I mean, I've seen the movie and it's, you know, whether I believe in it or not, it's an intense movie to watch. It is very know? intense. Is. So, I mean, imagine watching that during a time where there are more people inclined to be religious and, and to kind of buy into it. And then on top of it, you have all this hysteria coming out about, hey, people are dying from the set and everything. I mean, it, it's just, it's too easy to buy into it, whether you believe it or not. It's hard to dismiss the fact that it's got, like, there's some weird things going on with it. Yeah, well know? said. So, yeah. Absolutely. I, I think you nailed it. And I think that's probably... Mm-hmm. I think that's probably what the deal is, is there are mo- there were a lot more people more inclined to believe in that. Yeah. And on top of that, they weren't desensitized to all this because they had never seen something like this before. How many possession films have we, have we seen now? A lot. There's a ton of them. And they're creepy. They are creepy. Those those are usually the movies that, you know, creep me out the most. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And I think we're probably all on the same page. I think we maybe are. Maybe there's something going on, but I can't say, I, I can't definitively say, yeah, the movie's cursed. We will leave a poll. Yes. And we want let, let us know what you think. Do you think the movie's cursed or do you not think the movie's cursed? Give us some feedback. Yeah. Or we'll leave the poll, obviously, but send us an email. Send us a yeah. DM. Maybe you have a uh, different opinion to both of those. It's not on the poll. Yeah. Send it in. Send it in. We talk a lot. We'll discuss it and mm-hmm. we'll see what we think. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening and tuning in again. We always If you like it, it, please leave us a review. A like. uh, rating, throw a like, a like whatever you want. It really helps us out. And have a great night. Don't have get night. possessed. Well, who knows it's a night? You might be listening to this during the day. Don't get possessed. Don't get possessed. We'll leave you with that. Cut. Cut.